Just kidding. Just me. Uh, yeah, solo pod this week. Uh, Dave is uh, around the world traveling. Uh, where he is, I do not know. He could be in trouble, for all I know. Uh, we have next to no contact. That's just kidding. He's he's uh, he's safe um, and dearly missed. So, anyways, um, I'm just going to kind of jump right in. There's uh, a lot I want to talk about this week. Um, you know, the, the winter season has started. Lots of new animes. Uh have premiered and kind of some some second and third episodes that I've checked out. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. So solo leveling. Uh, I know Dave and I have been talking about this quite a bit. Um, I mean, I know it was a little kind of, you know, kind of iffy at first. And I definitely think this third episode is kind of uh, concretely secured. It's it's uh, our viewership for probably the rest of the season. Um, this is just a really good show. And also we got like a, re- a lot of really cool insight from Vivian on this one, just kind of like the history of, you know, how it started as like a web series and then became, you know, the manhwa or the manhwa was created after that. Um, and uh, she brought up a really good point. I don't know why Dave and I didn't think of this first. Like the whole story is clearly takes place in South Korea. Crunchyroll does not have the, the Korean uh, voiceovers for that. So we're kind of stuck with the Japanese, but it is something we, we want to look into. I'd like to see kind of, because uh, there's that really fabled um, performance going around at the end of episode two, the guy like, you know, blew his voice out and there's blood kind of puts the Aaron's voice actor to shame but um it was funny but by the end of this episode I didn't realize I don't know there was something that I was kind of thinking back to and the show kind of reminds me of ReZero in a lot of ways um both isekais and you don't have like you know other than the fantasy uh and you know the video gaming stuff that is kind of really doesn't uh, you know kind of link to that but kind of like the horror elements um you know I think back to some of Subaru's screams and just kind of his brutal kills um, I just think Solo Leveling kind of going for a similar thing with that. So I definitely have warmed up to the show. I know Dave has too. And, um, you know, I look forward to talking about that each week. Um, we haven't really got there yet, you know, but I was talking to Joey and, you know, a few other people, like there's going to be some huge fights in this, which is just, you know, total Grant and, uh, Dave bait. But, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's Solo Leveling. So, um, while we're on the subject of kind of like video game based, uh, anime, I just want to give a shout out to one of my favorite shows from last year. Um, it is continuing in its second core into 2024, and that's Shangri-La Frontier. Um, I got to shoot my shot because Dave's not here to, you know, kind of be like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, new shows. You know, he always thinks I'm trying to talk him into stuff, which I am. But this show is fantastic. Um, it's easily one of the best things on right now. Like I've mentioned before, you know, the animation on this is just so consistent, like, through and through, like, beginning to end. Like, there's just moments where, you know, the, the soccer is plenty, and but it never kind of goes past that, you know, the, the it's, like, you know, middle line. Like, it never, you know, never lessens, you know, even, like, when it does, like, the slapsticky jokes, and there clearly is a change in animation style. Like, it still looks amazing. Um, and, you know, this new arc has started, and it's just so fun, and it's just kind of, kind of more to the top of my mind, just with slow leveling, kind of, like, the game aspects that were introduced in this last episode. You know, just kind of, you know, I was like, I'm going to jump back into, you know, uh, the next episode of Shangri-La Frontier. <laughs> By the end of that, I'm just in love with this show. Um, so I started doing a little bit of research into it. And the studio that does it is called Studio C2C. Um, had never heard of them, did a little research. They did last year and then the year before Reincarnated as a Sword, which I think I would hold as you know, when it comes to you know, isekais, but like video game-ish isekais similar to solo leveling i think th- this is another great show very consistent across the board i now see the studio c2c might be ones to watch because that was another show where it was so consistently good animation voice acting sound design you know the action was just you know when it really dialed in it really dialed in um and just like a lot a lot of fun so 
like I said, this is kind of like the last of the things that, you know, we've already talked about. That's the end of that. But I, I highly recommend Shangri-La Frontier. Um, you know, it's like I said, if you're into something that's just like video game based, you know, it's not like traveling into another world, non-isekai stuff. It's it's definitely something you should check out. Um, next is Metallic Rouge. Um, I guess technically we talked about this last week. But anyway, it's, it's neither here nor there. So I was a little... I was admittedly a little let down at the end of the first episode. We had talked about that. I really didn't like the mech designs, even though they were, you know, kind of hand-drawn, at least to my eye, looked hand-drawn and kind of like the big set piece in the end of the first episode. I was just kind of bummed. Didn't, you know, I just, they're, they're just not cool. Like, uh, to me personally, like, you know, clearly people have worked hard on them. But um, I, I have to say, episode two kind of completely flipped the script on me. Um, that is one of the best episodes of anime I've watched in a while. Um it was kind of a bottle episode for the first half, you know, and that it was, it was a great way for them to kind of focus in on the two main characters or so far who are the main characters. And they're in this vehicle, they're traveling across the desert, huge Trigun stampede vibes and in more than one way, which I'll get to in a couple of moments. But you know, it was, it was just like a really, really cool way to kind of get to know them and their personalities. You know, they have all these different types of people in this almost like a, you know, it's like a almost like a bus, like a desert bus, whatever. And you know, there's the driver who's kind of you know nonchalant. And then you have you know, there's always like the the archetypal like there's some kids, there's a mysterious guy in the back. You know, there's kind of like uh, the one, the married couple with their servant. You know, like it's they kind of hit all the archetypes and kind of see how those different types of archetypes play off the main characters and how they all fit into the world. And they really kind of you know filled the world in more um which they did a really good job in the first episode you know it's the future there was clearly some intergalactic space battle between these various they call them visitors so they're like the good aliens that came then there's these oppressors another group that came so there's this huge huge planetary uh war that took place and i think the show kind of it's like a couple couple years like 10 years or so maybe after that and uh you know there's still effects of it and this episode does a really good job of showing that like where they are on Mars, there was many battles that take place, and they're kind of the main characters, kind of going as the guys of their they're here as students, uh, you know, looking at all these historical battles. Like clearly not the case, and people are somewhat suspicious of them. But I don't know. I just I think they did such a good job, really showing who everyone was, and they they may have introduced. Like, it's hard to tell by the end of the first episode if some of these characters are sticking around. Some of them might just be moving on uh, shortly. You know, uh, you know, we might not never see them again, but. So it gets to a point at the halfway mark where they get into like an action set piece. And this is where I was just kind of blown away because mech suits aside, like I said, they return, don't exactly love them. And there is a switch to uh, 3D animation. So it's not, I don't think they're going to be completely hand-drawn. Um, but again, I mentioned Trigon Stampede earlier. This show really, really, really handles scale like the scale of the the desert and you know kind of like they're they're at one point there there's like these mechs that are reanimated from the previous mentioned war a lot of you know, a lot of foreshadowing in the episode um so essentially they're on they're on they're on an escape and just the action was fantastic beautiful and you know like i said the scale and the fluidity and it just kind of goes to show that you know uh Trigon was last year that was a you know one of the big blockbuster shows of the entire 2023, all the seasons. And, you know, it had, like, its ugly moments. And there was definitely moments that were bigger. So, like, you know, it's hard to, you know, animate that kind of stuff. But in this, it just, it all looks so good. It just kind of, it definitely gives me confidence in what 3D can be. It's not all janky and kind of gross and, uh, you know, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, 
uncanny value. Like it's it's not it's not really all that. So it, it is kind of you know comforting knowing that you know maybe in five years like what what they can do. Like we're always going to love you know the two D animation and the hand drawn stuff, but um, I don't know. It just it, uh, it it weirdly made me think forward. You know, really cool, but uh, really really fun sci fi show, Blade Runner esque. Uh, you know, like not quite. I know I had mentioned Vivi last week, and and you know, kind of cyberpunk Ed Runners a bit, but it's um, I don't know. This is <laughs> like Studio Bones. Like it's it, the other thing too. Dave and I just love an original anime. There's so much that could be explored here. You know, like we're only two episodes in, and they're they've really set the kind of like the the breadcrumbs for future stories and the bigger story. And we kind of we're still kind of left in the dark on what the main plot is, which. Usually right now you want more of a little bit of a hint and a taste of what's to come, but I, I kind of don't mind. Like I said, this episode completely, completely uh, won me over because um, I was pretty bummed last week. This is one of the most one of the ones I was looking forward to the most, and they kind of they kind of crushed it. Um, also, the OP and ED uh, bangers, like phenomenal. Check those out. I'm already working on my 2024 uh, OP and ED playlist, and if you haven't checked, you know we put it up on our socials last week. We had. My favorite OP and ED is we had made a link for Spotify and our Instagram story and some other socials. So check that out. Let us know if you like it. Where are some of your favorite songs? Uh, I had a lot of fun making that. Uh, I, am, I am a total nerd for the music of anime. Um, next, I'm going to talk about probably my favorite show of 2024 so far. New show, especially of the season. Um, had no awareness of the show completely. Just I went uh, blind on Crunchyroll. The show is called Buchigiri. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, but this is, funnily enough, a MAPPA joint, um, and the director specifically, I don't have their name in front of me, but they were the creator of a show called Skate the, Skate the Infinity, uh, I believe that was done with Bones, uh, uh, you know, who did Metallic Rouge, but, so they're working with MAPPA on this, this is one of the weirdest fucking shows I've ever seen, it's parts Tokyo Revengers and Jojo's, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, hear me out on that. It's, it is it is so out there. So the art of the show, it, it's so... In Tokyo Revengers, it's kind of like, you know, it's about delinquents and gangs. And it's, it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know if the whole town is kind of, like, run by these gangs. But at the very least, their high school is completely run by it. There's a, a running gag in the first two episodes of the teacher, like, he's just, like, teaching, and, like, no one in the class is, you know, he, he doesn't acknowledge the students, they don't acknowledge him, he's kind of just going about his business, but, you know, the art style is, it's a blend of, like, Arabic, and Chinese, and Japanese, and, like, crust punk meets, you know, uh, middle schools and high schools from, like, you know, every other anime we've watched over the years, like, it's, it's very familiar, and also very fresh at the same time, um, you know, like, the, it, it kind of has, like, like Arabian Nights and like Aladdin are kind of like the inspirations for this story. So, you know, there's this uh, a group of guys again, all the delinquents that you know fighting is you know the word of law and all these shows. You know, it's, again, it's very it's more it's more Tokyo Revengers than it is JoJo. But the reason I I reference JoJo is there's these stand like characters called Honki or Honkai men who from eras before you know the their whole goal was to leave everything behind and just like you know get down to like what it is to fight, you know, and like become the strongest fighters. And there's some supernatural elements historically that they kind of earned, you know, for becoming this. And it turns out like, you know, like they're essentially genies, like, yeah, you know, the, the main character, Arjun, 
who I think is like more or less Aladdin. Like the the name conversion is Aladdin. So you know that he's seek, you know seeking after a girl named Jasmine in the show. Like it's it, it wears its like Aladdin Arabian Nights things on its Arabian Nights themes on its sleeves very evidently. Um, and uh, so you know he kind of <laughs> there's this set piece where he essentially becomes fused with you know one of the Honkai men. Uh, from you know they open up a uh, an altar box ends up kind of smashing open and there's a gun in it and he tries to defend himself with the gun and the, the bullet ricochets and like it's him in that and that's how he kind of summons his honkai man or man rather and uh you know like so like there's this whole gag of you know like uh, you know what do you wish for and he you know he keeps i think if he doesn't actually wish for it that's why he continues to keep using this power it's it, it's not like super they haven't got down to brass tacks of like the uh how the powers work and all this but essentially every now and then this genie type character kind of powers him up and you know he, he ends up fighting off all these guys the, this show is fucking outrageous it is like very goofy but it just oozes style and the character designs are so from gang to gang and even like character within the gangs it, it, like like i know i like i know i keep saying it but like this show is it is tokyo avengers with like kind of the the art style and the silliness of JoJo's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and, and you know the, the the colors like the like the the lime greens and like the yellows and you know like the reds and there's all these references. To, you know, uh, I think the main character his his mother runs like a Chinese restaurant, and there's just like all these references to various like you know Chinese dishes, and it is so weird. And this is going to be like it's like a battle show in Entertainment or whatever you want to call it. Two episodes in, there hasn't been a ton of um you know there hasn't been like a ton of fighting in particular uh, a couple like kind of like you know one one hit uh throwdowns or whatever like when he gets powered up by the you know by the genie um but this, this like i at anything i talk about today maybe other than metallic rouge because i do think this is that's that'll be a good watch this year but buchigiri if you're in for just like a clearly silly show that you know it's probably not going to be very serious but incredibly animated like you know, we were pretty hard on Jujutsu Kaisen, you know, and MAPPA specifically, you know, last year for, you know, various stuff. Like, Vinland Saga was, you know, okay-ish, and, you know, Jujutsu Kaisen had incredible highs and incredible lows, and, you know, Attack on Titan looked, you know, really good as well. And, you know, that Campfire Cooking show um, also, you know, it was, it was very good. More similar to this, like, where it had a consistent look, and it just always looked amazing. This is... This is like the one to watch for animation alone. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be for everybody because it is very silly. Um, but like it's, I don't know. It's it, to me like I, I would recommend this to almost anyone. Like if if even if you're like an entry level anime viewer, um, there's there's stuff here that just I think just because like I've never seen like I don't think I've, like you know maybe other than Full Metal Alchemist, you know when it comes to the Arabic, I know there's that, there's that show. Uh, Magi uh, from years ago, which also kind of adapts the Arabian Nights thing, but I haven't really seen a lot of Arabic in in anime, and I I just thought it's all really well the blend of the three, like the Chinese, the Japanese, and the Arabic. It's just it's like a really cool package. And uh, Dave, I I hope you're listening on your travels right now. You gotta check out Bujikiri. It is it is fucking awesome. Also, OP ED alert again, bangers. So good, very very good. Um, next I checked out a show called The Witch and the Beast. Um, actually pretty much all the shows I talked about today with the exception of one, uh, are on Crunchyroll and then the last anime I talk about is, is on Netflix, but, um, The Witch and the Beast, you know, this is another one I had no anticipation for. It was just kind of there, you know, in the, the simulcast list and, uh, just jumped into it. 
screams Revenger to me. Like, very Revenger-esque, where, you know, like, I'm not blown away at, by it at first. Um, but uh, there's... It, it kind of... I think it's going to... A specific itch, you know, like a horror slash gore anime itch that is going to scratch for me. Um, you know, kind of a confusing premise. I'm not really sure what's going on in, like, two the two episodes that I watched. But um, essentially, there's this magical society who kind of protects and any magic that takes place in the world. Like they're kind of like an international, you know, secret cabal, I guess, if you want, they, they could be good. They could be bad. I don't know, but anything involved with magic, they kind of stick their foot into either for the protection of magic or from the protection of others from that. It, I, I do like the, the world building they do, uh, but there's two characters whose names escape me. It's the problem with, you know, jumping into all these shows in a new season. There's a lot of character names you need to learn, but, um, so I guess the, the whole the whole premise of the show is one of the main characters is cursed by a witch. There's only three ways to remove a curse: either get the witch to have a change of heart, um, you know, or like you know, kill the witch kind of thing. And then there's another one that kind of I don't want to spoil. It's kind of part of the first episode, but a fun show. Like I said, it's it, like it feels like a seven out of ten to me. Like tone and animation. I find the character designs of the two main characters. It's something odd about them. Like they're not weird or anything. It's just I think it's just the one guy. The I never, I've never liked the the look of like uh, an ear, a two piece earring with this chain in between, like connecting like the nose to the ear. <laughs> Doesn't all, and funny enough, Buchigiri has that too, and I, I think it looks silly. But anyways, I, I, dig, I digress. But um, no, it's like I said, the show is horror. Uh, you know, like they really kind of get into the witches, and you know the um, you know one of the characters is a mage and then uh you know the one that's been cursed you know not as isn't as she seems and there's more to it and they kind of at one point reveal who she really is there has to be like a specific trigger effect for her to kind of you know become her true self and all that and then when that kind of happens that's a very cool moment but um i don't know this is, this is a show that i'm just gonna keep watching until it just isn't doing it for me like it's it's not bad it's not great um there was some, I think by the end of the first episode, they really dialed up the horror and I was kind of taken aback. I was like, oh shit, like the show is really going for it. Um, so that kind of, you know, piqued my interest. And then pretty much all of episode two, like there's, you know, uh, as the plot, you know, there's, you know, characters are in point A, they have discussions with, you know, so and so kind of cut to, you know, elsewhere in the city, super horror moment takes place and gory, and then you know back to the thing. So it's just like there's it's characters gore, characters gore. It's kind of setting up this villain. I don't know if it's going to be a bigger arc, because uh, or if it's just going to be like a two episode thing. Because um, the show very feels like Monster of the Week. It doesn't feel like like the big picture story is going to kind of happen probably like late game or even like oh we'll see in season two kind of thing. I, I do feel something like a kind of like a bait and switch coming for this show. Um, but, uh, no, the Witch and the Beast, it's, it, it's, it's pretty good. Um, like I said, anything that reminds me of Revenger, I'm in. I think that's, like, my new bar for checking out, uh, a new show. Like, if it's not, like, clearly one of the ones we're looking for, or we have buy-in, you know, previous buy-in from having read the manga, or, you know, word of mouth, if it's, like, a total, just, it came into my lap, I'm gonna gauge it on Revenger, and if it meets the Revenger bar, then we're, <laughs> we're gonna stick with it. But, um, but yeah, so that was the Witch and the Beast. Um, so my last anime that I checked out is, uh, Delicious in Dungeon. Um, you know, I had talked a couple weeks ago or last week or in, and even before that, Leanne and I had checked out that campfire cooking in another world show, which was a, a, a MAPPA, uh, joint. And I mistook 
that for this Delicious and Dungeon show, which is now has you know just premiered in uh, January on Netflix. Um, and we fell in love with that show. It was one of our favorite shows last year. You know, like you know, very silly but you know beautiful and colorful, and did some really cool things with you know the cooking animations. And um, so you know, again, I was looking forward to this show, but that show bought me like just so much goodwill to like this genre of like you know cooking and fantasy, and it's so weird that they're coming at the same time. Um, I'll be honest, I watched the the, the pilot and I was kind of bored. Um, you know, I don't know if that's fair just to judge it on that because I think it's only because we had watched that campfire show and we loved it so much. Um, and even from the, the, the gecko, it had, uh, you know, like there was immediate buy-in, um, and this, I didn't feel it. I'm not going to give it up obviously, um, because this is one of the most lauded shows going into 2024. Um, every, every website, their list, you know, anyone you talk to, it's, you know, the, you know, whether it's on the, the subreddit and it's kind of like the community going to put in their most anticipated shows and then, you know, their various like websites, you know, the ones that do cover anime and the ones that are just, you know, maybe covering anime for clicks, you know, whatever, like it's, it, it is everywhere and it's, it's well known. I know the manga is a big deal. Um, so I'm not just going to walk away from it. Um, because, you know, like it's, it's talked about so much. Like I, I gotta, I gotta see it through. Um, I will say though, as boring as I found it, it's, it's Studio Trigger, so, you know, we're familiar with them from Kill the Kill and, you know, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. The show is beautiful, um, and the character designs are great. You know, everything, it is a beautiful, beautiful show. Just kind of like what Taking Place was just, uh, I think there's just like a bit, the elf character kind of like resisting eating the monsters. Just, like, I, I again, I had seen that bit in this previous Campfire show, and it was just so well done, and this just felt kind of like oh, are we going to see this every week? You know, they're going to find this new dish to cook or whatever, and it's just going to be the repeated gag. I don't know, it just, something about it just didn't didn't sit with me. But um, it's, again, for people that don't, you know, have Crunchyroll, most people have Netflix, it is there. It's just sitting there. And if you can't watch Campfire Cooking because you don't have a Crunchyroll subscription, uh, Delicious Nudgeon, it's right there. Check it out. Um, but uh, didn't hear the OP for this one yet, actually. I hate that with pilots. I wish they would just show the OP anyways. Sometimes they try to say, you know, get a little extra time in with the characters and all that so they leave that stuff out or they'll throw it in at the end but uh so yeah that's kind of the end of my um preliminary winter 2024 anime season um i think there's one or two other shows that are yet to come out or coming out soon um there's also a couple things i thought were shows and are movies and are out now so i think maybe i'm going to talk to dave and maybe set up maybe maybe like another movie night or something like that because i know one of them uh, Maburoshi, I think it's called is on Netflix. That's getting a lot of love right now. So I think that would be, that would be a fun one to, uh, to get into, but yeah. So quickly I'll just make a little pivot to, um, movies and TV. You know, Dave was talking about poor things last week. I was mad jealous. I completely derailed my <laughs> dinner date. And you know, I, that was the movie we went and saw this weekend. Um, I don't want to talk about too much cause Dave kind of hit all the, uh, you know, he covered most of it, but we absolutely loved it. I love the Orgos Lanthimos movies. I love Emma Stone. Willem Dafoe is in my top five. Mark, you know, as Dave talked about a lot last week, Mark Ruffalo just kind of goes for it this week and just absolutely crushes. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like it was just an amazing movie. The set designs um, and the costumes were stunning. Like you know, 
you know, I wrote in my notes, like in my notes here, like art house, just keep on doing your thing. You know, like we, we joked a couple weeks ago too, about you know, keep anime weird. Like I just love, I just love when movies are movies, you know, like it's, you know, there's clearly CG, CG and, you know, three in 3d elements kind of, you know, blended into this movie and it doesn't always have to look like shit, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It just puts all this other stuff to shame and, you know, this is like a smaller budget movie and, you know, hopefully it does well you know, spoilers, like the Oscar nominations came out. I think it's the second or third uh, for most nominations at the Oscars this year. Um, so again, I'm not going to get into that this week. Me and Dave are going to talk about that, you know, at length and in depth uh, next week for sure. I, I feel pretty awful if I kind of got into that now with him. But anyways, poor things. Like, you know, like as advertised by Dave and now me, a lot of sex in this movie, like at least a third of it is just, you know, Emma Stone getting it on and like kudos to her and respect for her. Um, I didn't realize she was like very heavily involved in this movie. She's a producer as well. Like, just what a performance, um, from everyone involved. Um, I didn't realize till the end. Uh, Rami Yusuf is in this movie. Um, I've heard you know he had a show Rami years ago. I know that had was very lauded and very you know a lot of people love that. I had never seen it, but I've heard of the name and I know he was kind of a big deal when that came out. And you know he the whole movie I had no idea who this guy was. And then right at the end of the movie, you know you get to the um you know, the credits and all that. And I was like, oh shit, that, that is Rami Yusuf who put a very good performance in. Um, but uh, go see poor things, go support your local cinema. If you can, if not, I think it is getting, um, you know, the chain theaters are starting to carry now. at least in Canada. I can't speak to other parts in the world. I imagine this is Europe's got this one covered, but uh, in America, rep theaters, check them out. Um, I checked a movie out yesterday that, uh, fucked me up. Just put it simple. Um, <laughs> I watched this movie called Society of the Snow. It's a Netflix movie. It's directed by J.A. Uh, Bayona. Um, if you're not familiar with the name, he did the second Jurassic World movie, Fallen Kingdom, I think it was called. Um, you know, Spanish filmmaker. I had, Other than that, like, you know, I had, this was just one of the movie podcasts that, you know, I listened to. Big Picture, they kind of just briefly mentioned this movie last minute. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a good way to kill it, two and a half hours. I didn't realize... Like, I know the story, but I didn't realize what this movie was. And it, it's another telling, maybe a more authentic and true to events telling of the 1972 Uruguay, or, yeah, Uruguay, the Andes flight that crashed in, in into the Andes Mountains. Um, holy fuck, man. Gang. What a... <laughs> Jesus Christ. There was two set pieces in this movie. Obviously, you know, like the plane crashing. I was kind of just, you know, like jaw to the floor, blown away. And that's not spoilers. We all know I feel like I, yeah, I feel like most people know about this. I remember reading about it in school. It was like a it read a report on it, and uh, you always hear there was a movie with Ethan Hawke in the '90s, I think, called Alive, which you know I think apparently was good. But you know the survivors again, spoilers. There was 16 survivors. It's a telling of the the you know, the stories of these 16 people, and um, but there there was this there's a second set piece in this movie. Um, I won't spoil that, um, but it just it was one of those scenes where. You know, it's like real life horror. Like, there's no supernatural elements. It's just people in fucking terrifying real situations, horrific situations. And the scene just like would not end. Just kept going and going and going, and uh, it just completely floored me. Like, I I was so anxious. I was talking to Leanna about it. You know, kind of like you know my. I was joking about having like a reventure bar on like you know watching a show. There's when I. Like to compare a scene that I find goes too far, not goes too far, but it's like it won't end 
in the original, I guess the remake of it, it, it like chapter one or part one, however you want to call it. There's this, there's the scene where the kids are in the garage and they have like the, the projector going and there's just this like terrifying scene in the garage, you know, where Pennywise kind of comes through the screen. And th- what I'm getting at is the scene just doesn't fucking end. Like if it goes on for what feels like four or five minutes and it's just relentless and it's like it continues and continues and continues. And I, since then, and that movie came out in like what, 20, 2017, 2018, you know, ish, or maybe longer than that now. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I haven't seen something since then where just the horrors of what was taking place on screen just, like, continued. and con- Like, uh, at one point, I, I I seriously thought about, like, I need to pause this. But I was like, no, I just got, I got to get through it. Like, it was just, it's such a well-crafted, you know, scene. And, again, I, I cannot stress. I highly recommend this movie, people to watch. It is stunningly beautiful. I, I'm assuming it was filmed, maybe not in the fucking Andes there, because I don't know how easy it is to get in and out, as, as per the tale of the story. But... It feel like it feels like it's it is a film, you know, like it's not uh, no green screen, um, just beautiful, beautiful performances. And you know, I read I had read something really nice online uh, on Reddit. Um, you know, they had they had essentially you know said that you know th- this it's a really good movie and story of you know um, positive you know male uh, masculinity. Like this, it just shows like a group of friends and even some strangers kind of you know, coming together just to survive. There's no, like, bullshit of, like, no, I'm the leader, I make the decision. Like, the whole, everyone's focus, the entirety of the movie is, like, we need to survive. And, you know, and people falter because of the situation. Like, you know, again, I'm not going to say how long they were stuck up there, but, like, if for where they were in the situation they were in, it is a really an amazing story. Um, and, uh, yeah, Society of the Snow, I highly, highly, highly recommend people check it out. Um, there's a couple, you know, real life you know gore moments kind of thing and injuries so keep that in mind um i should have known going in what i was getting myself into but like i said the set pieces were horrifying and and amazing and just you know it's great like i i hope you know uh jay Bayana like makes more movies like this like you know like the jurassic world's like we don't need like yeah, we don't need shit like that you know just make more society of the snows and you know just uh Again, I don't know if any of the actors involved or, you know, they're clearly, it's all, it's a Spanish movie. Yeah, you know, it's all, you know, subtitled and everything's in the native language. Um, not one person put in like a, a small performance. Like they were all the, the giant cast and everyone just like really kind of stood out to me. So I highly recommend Society of the Snow. Uh, and lastly, um, holy, I didn't yell into that too loud. It's weird. It's weird not to have Dave kind of signaling me like, hey, you're in the mic right now. But anyways, I, I checked out, I'm not quite done, uh, but I have started and I have two episodes left of the Netflix show Beef. Um, you know, one of the most talked about shows last year, um, you know, I've listened to, you know, interviews of, you know, Steve Yuen and Ali Wong and, you know, the, the show was a big deal. Just kind of didn't have the time to get to it. And after both their Emmy wins, you know, I have the time right now. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out Beef, and I don't want to get too much into it because I, I really want Dave and Sam to check this out. And I'm, I actually, it might be hard, but I'd like to probably rewatch it with Leanna. Um, I, I just want to give a shout out to the writers of this show because I can't think of it. I can't think of uh, a show ever, a movie, you know, an anime, like in any you know media medium. There's just this back and forth where you're 
the, the way they write the characters, like you are completely, completely disgusted by their actions, and they are just they just show themselves the characters show themselves as just fucking idiots. And within like you know a moment, you can just like feel for them. It, it's a really good, it's a really good usage of like how people can be, you know, and how the stress and the anxiety and the depression and the anger of the world affects everyone so differently. You know, one thing affects one person where it wouldn't affect another. But at the end of the day, like some people can just like bottle up to a point where you know, like the, the show kind of starts off with like a road rage incident, and you know, like, episode by episode, you're kind of just like, I didn't think these people could get any worse. But I also don't know I could feel for them more. And then, like, you, you feel for them, and they do that next thing where you're like, you are a fucking loser. And then you feel for them again. And it's funny, at the end of each episode, you know, I really wish... I don't know if it was actually uh, or not, because I know Netflix doesn't tend to do these things, but this would have been an incredible, like, Sunday night HBO, like, you know, week-to-week series you know like you don't get the whole bulk thing because i find myself at the end of every episode i have to kind of like reflect and do a little bit of mental math on you know like how i feel about each character like the you know like kind of like the main cast or whatever because like i said the back and forth is is truly amazing how they you know like you can feel for them and you hate them you feel for them you hate them and like i have two episodes left and i i don't know i really don't know how i'm gonna feel at the end of it um, it, it's, and it's not manipulative, you know, like it feels genuine and like you, I, you see, sometimes you see yourself and you see other people in these characters. It's just, it's a really good show of the world. I think it's, it can be, I think it's accessible to anybody because we're all human. And I think it really kind of nails the, the human experience on like the very extreme side. Like, you know, like I think, you know, cause that's the thing too, at the end of it, like we all struggle but I think some people can just like, you know, understand the situation they're in and have the, you know, the faculty to know not to scream at a stranger and, you know, kind of, or just discuss it calmly or, you know, it's so like I said, it, it, like it's, it's hard to feel, like I said, it's hard to feel for them, but sometimes there's moments that kind of shine through of like, shit, I feel you, dude, you know, like, <laughs> so anyways, but uh, beef, it, the, the hype is real, what an amazing show, and uh, again, Steven Yuen and, and Ali Wong are like, glowing on the screen they are amazing like steven you know i I haven't seen ali wong in much like obviously i'm familiar with her stand-up career and she's like a couple roles have popped up over the years um but you know steven yeah like i've seen him in lots of stuff and he's like a known thing but ali wong really really blew me away in this and like i said i got two episodes left dave you're listening check it out please 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 like my homework for you, if you care, <laughs> is a little bit of beef, a little bit of Bucciagiri, <laughs> and some Metallic Rouge. Um, but uh, anyways, guys, that's it for me. Um, short episode, solo episode. Dave will be back next week. Um, we might actually, if if my calendar knowledge is correct, we might actually be recording in person together next week, which might be fun. I'm curious how that turns out. Uh, but anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the Post Show 109 Signing out. See you guys next week.